season one, episode six. I like The Wire. I like The Wire, too. No, th- this is good lines. Uh, I mean, Py- Pyro's a bad maniac. It's a pretty classic Curb line. Pyro's a bad maniac is a good line. Uh-oh. And and one of my favorite things just to start out is that Jap is prominently featured, which I like. Yeah, you do have really good Larry. You, you got a bunch of things for the first time here. You have like really good Larry Jeff rapport. Yeah, you have really exactly. good Susie yelling at Jeff and Larry. I've put that in the down. episode. It's the first time you really see Susie go crazy yelling. Yeah, and it's a good one. She yells for like a two minutes straight. Yeah. Um, one note though in the first scene is that Jeff has a Chicago Bears mug on his desk, and Jeff is from Chicago. We were at, we were talking about this in an earlier episode. Oh, you mean the actor Jeff Garland? Jeff Garland is from Chicago. I did I did know that. You're right. Uh, so it's again, a nice touch I, that they gave him a Bears mug. What else did you like about it? We have a good Larry rule in this one. 10.30 cutoff. 10.30 cutoff. 10.30 cutoff. Uh, everyone else has their own rule, apparently. But Larry seems to be adamant that his 10.30 rule is uh, right until he's proved wrong. Well, it's, all, it's all over the place. Some have 10, some have 9.30, he's at 10.30. Before the cutoff, though, which actually is the funniest line of the scene, which is actually one of the best Larry lines of all time, I think, is when Phyllis and Dean come over for the first time, mm-hmm. and right after they really piss Larry off when Dean's like, well, I know I can make something happen, can you make something happen? And Larry and Cheryl catch on to his point, and then his wife Phyllis invites him over for the casserole. Like, Larry's whole reaction to that... <laughs> When, like, he's just be obviously being so to them, but I would love to eat your casserole. And he's so angry at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's, that's great. He delivers that, that so well, that scene, I think. Yeah. And, like, it just, just his, like, facial reactions and, like, the way he turns from a cheery person until he realizes that they want something is just, I think, I think it's acted pretty well. Yeah. And his, like, his, his reason not to stay on that line too much, he's like, I would kill to have your casserole. But I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, that's not a reason. Yeah, there, there's no reason there whatsoever. I can't do it. And he gets, like, right up in her face. It's, it's good. Yeah. I actually really like this next scene. Or not, not the scene where he's uh, in the bedroom with Cheryl, but the scene where Jeff and Larry are at the diner. I think that's, like, one of the best acted scenes we've seen thus far. In fact, it doesn't even, like, feel like acting. It just feels like two really good friends having lunch. They're just, yeah, they're just so natural together. I'm not remembering that scene that well. Hmm? I can't... Oh, is that when Jeff tells him about how he needs a lawyer? Exactly. Or, oh, he's yelling at him because Larry already set him up with Dean. Yes. Right. Oh, that, that, that is a good scene. That's a... Yeah, and that really sets the Larry-Jeff rapport. Yeah, like, I mean, like... That, at that point. They're just going back and forth, and they just seem like such good friends. They even leave in this one bit where, like, a glass drops on the floor... In the restaurant, yeah. and they just turn and look and just keep talking. Like, yeah, because before this, like, it's a little unclear actually if Jeff, like, Jeff's introduced as his manager. Right. Like, we made a point of in the first episode, Jeff answers the phone, "Oh, I'm your manager. I'm always here for you." Like, you don't really know what their relationship is, and as it sees, like, you understand pretty quickly the the manager client part has actually nothing to do with it. Right. Like, Jeff is Larry's manager once a season, and he's his friend like the other nine times a season. Yeah. Well put. Well put. Thank you. I, I just thought that up, too. Um, I actually liked in that scene when Jeff was talking about how he was going to um, not adopt the kid, but let the kid stay with him. And Larry's like, oh, he burnt down the canteen and the cabin. And Jeff was like, so nonchalantly, oh, but they were both accidents. Like, 
Like, why was he defending this kid? Like, and he like it sounded like he like honestly believed like there's no way they're both accidents. Like, you don't just burn down two buildings as accidents. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a ridiculous ridiculous story. It it, it really is. Um, I'm trying to move on next. I think the next scene was when he actually brings over Julia Louis Dreyfus to Dean's house, right? Yes. Um, I really like this scene. I like this scene too. Um. There's one line in particular um, where she's sobbing the whole time, mm-hmm. and they sit down, and, like, she can't get a word out. She's just sobbing, she's sobbing, she's sobbing, and I think Larry asks, where's Dean? And it's funny, it's awful news that he's not there. Not awful news, but it's not what they want to hear, and she snaps out of it so cheerily, like, oh, Dean's with Jeff. <laughs> like, she's so excited to tell them that he's not there. Like, it just, like, springs to life at that point. So happy about it. I, I think she's actually a pretty good, pretty good actress. I think so too. I think she did a good job. You get one of the really like, almost like too awkward to watch situations in the scene when she breaks out the camera and she starts filming Julia and then Larry, and then Larry starts telling this ridiculous story about Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, that that was good. When Julia that he's left. a that he's a eunuch and he yeah. got he had to be a eunuch because he wanted to be in the Beth Shalom choir. <laughs> That is good. It's all in the details. It's all in the details. All in the details. I will say one thing is I think we're a little too seasoned uh, curb watchers. Like I can't really tell what's awkward and what's not anymore mm-hmm. just because of how used to Larry I am and how many times I've seen every episode. I mean, just look at just look at their faces when she puts the camera on them. I love that they do it from the camera's perspective. And you get the like the washed out colors that a home camera gives you rather than like film. Or, yeah, or video, whatever they end up using. Yeah, uh, it, it, they just look—they just look like when they do it through that perspective, they just look so painful. Like, don't put that thing on me. It's just so painful to watch. Yeah, Julia is not happy. Uh, well, well, one thing I actually like just about involving her though is, I do like whether I don't know how true it is or not that they kind of are trying to create a. Like an overarching Seinfeld network that they are still in touch with each other and like they just like hang out and do stuff together. Right. So whatever, it's probably not true. They don't really. It's not like Larry and Jerry ever hang out during the show ever until season seven when they do the Seinfeld reunion. But this kind of sets it up that they are like all friends in real life and like just like hanging out, talking about the good old Seinfeld days. Yeah, because when after Larry comes over, Julia says like, "I have to call Jerry Seinfeld and tell him about this." Exactly. Like, that's what would happen on the show, actually. If, like, George came over to her apartment, like, crazy in the middle of the night, like, she'd call Jerry. Right. But actually, before he before he goes over, Larry has one of my favorite lines, which is uh, talking about, uh, call, can you call 10 minutes before the cutoff? That, that's not a big deal. And he says, 10 minutes is not pushing. That's not a push. That's right in the wheelhouse. I really like that line. It's not a push. It's not a push. I didn't write that one down, but that's good. I actually really liked when he was when he go, came over to Julia's, and he's like, "Oh, sorry for calling. Like, I thought it was a ten o'clock cutoff." And she's like, "No, nine thirty. And like, you could like the way he just questioned. He's like, eh, "Pretty early, don't you think?" And like, he's just being so obnoxious. It's like such a good Larry being obnoxious, like about it. Like, it's like eh, most people, I think, at ten o'clock. You know, ten o'clock's pretty normal. And, like, he's just in their house, obviously after that, and just trying to get them to play by his rules. Yeah, that scene was kind of kind of awfully awkward to watch as well. 
Yeah, that was good too. That was him really being bad, actually. Especially like when when he asked Bobby about the pad at the end, like <laughs> Julius Sutton, like Bobby, have you seen a brown pad? And like then he goes back, like he asked it like three times before they finally literally throw him out of the house. Right, and then we come to Jeff's house, where the kid who burned down the canteen has rifled through and stole apparently stole everything in the house. Who this, knows? Who knows how he carried all that stuff out, like the television and the computer. That was good. I, I loved when Susie like was like, "Larry, what are you doing here?" And she's just like, "Me and Jeff are gonna play a new computer golf game." <laughs> like he's a sixty-year, like he's a sixty-year-old man. Like Jeff's a fifty-year-old man with kids, and like, what are they doing? They're playing a new computer golf game. Yeah, I, I wrote that line down too. It's good. Like, like that's what I would have gone over to my friend's house to do when I was ten years old, like play a new computer game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, computer games are typically, they're, they're one-person games. Yeah. It's, it's not like, you know, a, a video game. It's, you know, someone sitting in front of a computer. Was he going to watch Jeff play this computer golf game? Yeah, computer games are always one-person games. And a computer golf game does not sound interesting at all. Have you ever played a computer golf game or a video game golf game? I actually think I have. I actually think I've played a computer golf game. Computer it was like some. Golf is it, it came, I think I had one on like my first computer. It came with some like sports video game CD I got as a gift once. It was like 10 awful, not even like full games, like mini games of different sports. But, but actually, like we're, we're making fun of that. And I think the point is to make fun of it. And it's funny, but it shows again like, like their relationship as like the fact that they would just sit there and like play a stupid computer game together. Right. Like, Shows about their friendship. Right. Like, there's no way Larry's ever doing that with Richard Lewis. Ever. No. Because, I mean, they're setting up Jeff, and this is Jeff as his, like, fun friend, almost. Yeah. Je Jeff's down to do anything, and Richard Lewis is, like, his, I don't know, miserable friend, uh, if that's one way to describe him. Pretty much. Um, I also liked, during that scene, at, uh, after Susie calms down, she's like, by the way, Lair, like, thanks for calling me 20 the other night. Like, you know about my trouble sleeping. He's like, I don't. She's like, Jeff, you never told him about my trouble sleeping? <laughs> like, she was actually mad at Jeff for not telling Larry that. Like, why would Jeff ever tell Larry that? Why would Larry ever care? <laughs> like, of all the things Jeff should have told, it's not like a birthday or an anniversary. It's like, oh, Larry, by the way, Susie has trouble sleeping. Like, why would that ever come up? I have no idea. Like that, but that yeah, was... I mean, like, this episode does a really great job of setting up Jeff as that, like, you know, lovable idiot friend. Because Jeff is going to do, in the next seven seasons, he's going to do a lot of really dumb things. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to watch Jeff do a ton of dumb things with Larry. No, I think, I think this is, not only does it set up Larry and Jeff really well, it sets up Jeff and Susie really well. Right. Um, just because, like, like, Susie will take any excuse she can to scream at Jeff. Like, she screams at him over the sleeping thing, like. I just yeah, this episode just really establishes Jeff. I think that's the the main point of what we're saying here. And then we come to well, the last scene. Cheryl leaves, Julia comes over, and then we have the last interaction with the neighbor. Yeah, I didn't actually write anything down about that. I wasn't too I didn't I didn't find anything that notable about that, did you? I had one note, which was when he was describing the meeting and he was being very like syntactically correct about the meeting, he said it was, nevertheless, a meeting, and he pointed with two hands, and it just felt like a very Jerry Seinfeld line. Oh, you mean Larry, yeah. Larry, Larry delivers this line. Very, like, I can imagine Jerry Seinfeld giving that line, no problem. 
nevertheless, and then like a long pause, a meeting. And the it point. was a meeting. I, I see what you're saying. And it was a meeting. It was. Yeah. Um, and my last note was at the end when uh, Larry and Cheryl are laying on their chairs with a wire hanging above them. If you listen really closely, there's a nice, subtle, like electric buzzing noise going on. Oh, really? Which I thought was a nice touch. I didn't get that. That's why you always listen with two headphones. 